Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. A lot of people have checked out of this NFT space. However, this is a great time to get into it. We're just getting warmed up. So if you're someone that is planning to be here for the long run, this is also a great time to get a hardware wallet. So if you've ever been considering getting a Ledger or a Trezor or one of those other hardware wallets, this is a great time to do it. And today we're going to discuss why that is and also go over some security. So as I mentioned in the intro, a hardware wallet is the first step towards getting real security in the sense that, yes, we all know, don't share your seed phrase, keep everything secure, don't click links and what have you. However, there are times when different things might happen, different security risks, whether an email that might look like it came from your bank or some other thing, some link on Twitter, these things do happen, links do get clicked. And that is why it is also not recommended to have your MetaMask or your hot wallet that is connected to your browser be within the same browser that you use to surf the internet and do all sorts of other things. Because when you do click one of those links, it just makes it that much easier for things to go wrong. But taking that next level and really trying to secure your NFTs and your crypto assets, a hardware wallet is where that comes in. And if you're not familiar, a hardware wallet is a little thing that looks like a USB port. However, you just connect it to your computer, or your device using this little dongle. And all it does is it stores the private keys for those particular wallets that are associated with it. The NFTs and the cryptos are not stored on it. However, the private keys that allows you to sign whatever transaction it is that you're trying to complete, that's what's really on there. So another good thing with this is since the hardware wallet has to be connected to your device, it spends 99.9% .9 of the time not connected to the internet. So even if you do click some malicious link or you do something wrong, the fact that the wallet is not connected to the internet, it makes it that much harder for a hacker or someone who's trying to do something malicious to have access to your assets. And even if something is not going wrong as far as a malicious hacker or someone is trying to really do something crazy on your system, but a lot of times some of these things are done by human error. Whether it is someone is putting in an offer or buying something at the wrong price or they're selling the wrong NFT or whatever transaction it might be, they're sending it to the wrong wallet address or they're doing countless other things in a rush. A hardware wallet forces you to slow down because if it is coming from a hardware wallet, you're gonna have to confirm that by connecting it to the computer or the phone and then pressing another button to confirm that transaction. So just that sheer process of it being slowed down might be the difference between sending something or doing something that you probably shouldn't do. And I think of even times when I'm getting ready to tweet something and I realize that there is a typo or some change that I have to make. And since I do have a Twitter Blue account, there is like a 10 second buffer from when it actually posts. And while that thing is actually loading up the little spinner to show you that your 10 seconds are about to run out, many times I've had to click undo. Don't get me wrong. Other times, countless other times, I should say, I have tweeted and posted something with horrible spelling mistakes or whatever it might be. But a lot of the times, those little 10 seconds or whatever that little preview window is, is enough for me to catch a mistake. So when you're getting ready to sign a transaction, you're getting ready to do something in a rush, just having that extra layer of, okay, let me go get my dongle, connect this up. Or if you're using a Nano X or something that doesn't require a hard wire connection, just that extra step of opening the app and making those extra clicks slows you down enough to catch your mistake a lot of the times. And as I mentioned, they are two major ones, the Ledger 
and Trezor, at least the pr- manufacturers of these. They have different models within them. Uh, Ledger has three right now, and Trezor has two main models. However, there are countless other ones, but those are the main two. And they're just the pros and cons of either one of them. They're about the same price range. They're entry-level ones. However, the Ledger tends to be much better for DeFi and also can take Polygon NFTs on there natively. The Trezor one, not so much. You're going to also have the ability to do DeFi, but you're not going to have the same amount of coins and uh, have that ability, especially on the entry level one. The higher level one, which costs a lot more, you're going to have more options. However, most people are going to end up with the Trezor one, which is that entry level. And just the other differences with it, Ledger is made in France. It is a proprietary software. So this is not something that anyone really knows the inner workings of besides that company. However, Trezor is manufactured in the Czech Republic and has an open source software. Now, both of those options have their pros and their cons. Depends which side of the fence you fall on. Of course, with a proprietary software, you don't really know what's going on under the hood. However, with an open source software, that code is open and available for everyone to see. So if someone wants to really get in under the hood and try some malicious stuff, they can mess around with the code because it is all there. So, Some people might say, well, that is a horrible thing. Well, the good thing of the open source is that also the community, the white hat hackers, the people that are on the right side of the law can look at the code and say, okay, this is definitely something that is reputable. There's no backdoor for the company to get your secret key or anything of that nature, and they can inspect it. And if something is found, they can notify the company to say, hey, look, change this. We discovered this in the code. This is a backdoor into these hardware wallets. So With the ledger, everything being proprietary, in-house and what have you, they don't really have that option to inspect the code and do those things. So as I said, there's their pros and their cons. And it really comes down to personal preference design and whether that open source or proprietary software thing really makes a difference for you. But both have very high reviews. The people that use either one of them seem to be very happy. Just know that if you're getting that treasure one, do not send Polygon NFTs to it. Because if you do... You're not going to be able to access it. It is not lost because remember, these NFTs are stored on the blockchain. They're not stored to the wallet, but you can't access it and be able to uh, really get into it because Polygon can't be added to the Trezor one. So what you end up having to do is either export that key to a MetaMask or you're going to have to export it to a ledger and then you can access your Polygon NFT. So it is not lost. It is associated with the wallet. You do still own it. It just you can't access it as long as that wallet and everything is associated with the Trezor one. So another reason why this is a good time to get this is just hardware inflation. The price of everything is going up right now and it is no different with these devices. Of course, there is a chip shortage, electronics, all these prices are are going up. And even since the end of last year, a few dollars has gone on to them. But definitely when you're looking around, don't even price shop and try to compare and try to get uh, from Amazon or eBay or anything of that nature. Just get it straight from the source, which is either Trezor or Ledger on their official website. Reason being a third party seller on any of those other sites could tamper with it. They could have a counterfeit version. They could do all sorts of things to get into it. If you just order it directly from the manufacturer, you knew that everything is okay. They also have authorized dealers that they recommend, but whatever, just go straight to the manufacturer. You might end up paying a few dollars more, but when you're looking at the whole grand scheme of things, paying even 10% more and then saving all of your crypto and your NFTs It really doesn't make that much of a difference. Try to cut corners, save some pennies, and you end up losing huge dollars, right? Doesn't make sense. And of course, this time is just great for this simply because gas prices are extremely low right now on Ethereum. So as we know, 
the majority of the dollars being traded are on Ethereum. And sure, you want to protect your assets and what have you, but when you have to pay $100 when you convert it out into uh, gas fees to transact and do all sorts of things, that is crazy. However, gas is so low right now that you can do a simple transfer for anywhere between one and three US dollars at the current price of ETH at $2,000. And the best time to do this is Friday nights, as far as Friday nights, Eastern Standard Time, the US coast, you know, once the East Coast goes to sleep and overnight between that time, the rest of the world seems to be on their weekend, everything is down. I've seen single digit gas prices right now. When I first came into the space, I was just happy to get it under 100, but right now you can get it under 10. So in case you're wondering why I say anywhere between $1 and $3 is because if you're catching it at 9, 10, you're going to pay just a little bit over a dollar. And if you're catching it on a higher end during those times, you're going to pay in the $3 range or so. So it is pretty great. Also, why this is very important is it allows you to test out to see that the wallet is working properly. So if you have it in your MetaMask, you can send it to your hardware wallet and then send it back to your MetaMask to make sure that the transaction is going through, that the NFT is not going to be stuck, everything is great. And this is just another transaction, so you're gonna have to pay an additional fee. However, it is great to know that everything is working and great before you send over a bunch of NFTs, especially high-valued NFTs, and realize that they get stuck. So when I did this, I went to one of my lowest valued NFTs, I sent it over, I saw that it went through, then I sent it back, everything was great, and I knew that while it was good to go, then I started to send some over. And when you're looking at the grand scheme of things, if you're moving over, let's say, a $1,000 NFT, whether you're paying $1, $2, or even $10, it really doesn't make any difference. You're protecting it, you're securing it. And again, we're not trying to save pennies to lose dollars. So those ones were always moved. So for example, people who own Bored Apes, Doodles, Zookies, any of those higher end projects, if you bought into those, you have no problem paying 50 or or $100 to move them to secure them. However, if you have a lower end NFT that let's say costs only $80 or so, it's pretty hard to move and secure an $80 NFT if you're going to have to pay $50 in gas. So a dollar, $3, now is a great time to move it. It makes sense now. And I'm not going to belittle that because a lot of people, that it doesn't matter. $80 is a lot of money. and Depending where you are in the world, $80 could be a day's of work or it could be a week of work. So just having that ability to be able to back that up and secure it, move it over and not have anything connected to the internet just is one extra layer that you can do and it's a great time to do that. So I'd love to know, what are your experiences with hardware wallets? Have you ever used any other one besides the two that I mentioned? Those are the top two ones, but there are countless ones out there. But those are the only two that I really recommend and the only ones that I've used. But I know there are other ones. So if you have any experience with any of them, please feel free to tweet at me at Tropic Vibes on Twitter and let me know what you think. Also, if you have any success or recommendations for Polygon NFTs or ways or workarounds to get that to work with Trezor, I would love to hear that as well. So hopefully you found this interesting and helpful. And thanks for listening as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.